Welcome to Money with Alpha, where I share simple tips for how to make, save and invest money while also connecting your values with your lifestyle so you can achieve the life you really want. You will also hear interviews from real people as they share the ups and downs of their money journey. After all, we are all on a journey and what better way to learn about money than to hear what hasn't and has worked. Hello, I hope you're having a nice day with whatever you're doing and whenever you're listening to this and wherever you are while you're listening to this episode. Um, I know I often listen to podcasts in the car, generally on the um, way home from school drop-off and on the way to school pick-up. Um, that's that's my, my allotted time when I have the availability to do it. Um, today I want to talk about something which is um, money, stories and relationships. So the mindset side comes up a lot when I'm working with clients and the even just conversations that I have with people. And because I work in the space and I'm my ear is tuned to stories, uh, I'm like, oh my goodness, that, that, that uh, do I say something or do I just let it go? Um, rather than always being, you know, like consultant coach mode. <laughs> um, and because I don't, I don't always want to, you know, sort of bring up stuff that I hear I'm like do you really believe that did you hear what you just said <laughs> I don't like to do that um, but stories stories are really powerful and it's become even more obvious to me lately because my daughter is she's eight and she's right in the thick of learning to read and it's been a bit of a bumpy journey to be honest she hasn't really she doesn't tend to like doing things that she can't do and of course if you're learning something completely new you have to get comfortable with not being able to do it at first until you practice and learn and the more she practices and learns the more confidence comes because she realizes and also I point out to her how far she's come and we look at these we read these readers and we do we do stuff at home so she's she's learning to read and write at school um but we do stuff at home as well also because it's just really nice to for me to have that visibility and um and my husband as well and then also just for her to sort of demonstrate what she's doing and how well she's doing and to share something together um but it's made me realize now as she's you know the beginning stories was like the cat on the mat um or the fat cat or the big pig like it was very simplistic and it was it was it was quite boring to be honest I think for her as well but now she's learning more words they're more stories and now she's more interested and she can read more and she can she's starting to write her own stories and she's happy to do it and it made me realize whenever you you, you want to learn something or you you go to learn from someone when they tell stories as part of the learning they're the things that stick with you and I was listening to another podcast um, recently as well where Colin Boyd was talking about stories. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Um, it's so true. And money stories are really a big part of that. So if stories are powerful, then money stories have power over us. And I don't think we realize how much power they have because they're often things that we just say over and over again, or it's repartee, or it's answers to questions, or it's justifications, or it's, you know, we, we might overspend one month and it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I worked really hard, so I deserve it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. It's just understanding where it's coming from um, and and I know I certainly grew up and observed a lot of spending a lot of debt a lot of stress um, and a lot of stuff going on credit and having it sort of hang over you and I, I, I wasn't overly aware of it but as I've gotten older I sort of looked back on it and gone 
yeah, I can I can see that to the point now where I don't like having credit at all. Um, I fell into a trap when I was in my 20s, you know, you get a bit more independence, a little bit more financial and suddenly, oh my goodness, spending is, you know, it's, it's, it was part of my story and, and I became aware of it before I even really understood the concept of stories and, and I've done a lot of personal development work and you understand like the mindset side, um, and how powerful stories are. And then when you go into the money stories part, it's even, it's a bit different again. Um, and it has a bigger impact because of course, you know, the financial decisions we make do have an impact, not just on our lives, but also on our children's lives because they're watching us. They're watching how we talk about money. Like even, even today, uh, my daughter and I were in the post office collecting a parcel and um, they have toys and all sorts of things there. And she, of course, you know, she's like, oh, mama, look at this. Can I have this? I was like, you have lots of toys. Like, you really don't need any more stuffed toys. And then, of course, I go because I'm, I'm drawn to the books. And I'm looking at it. And I was like, oh, look at this. And she's, and my daughter says to me, mama, we have enough books at home. <laughs> so I just had to chuckle. I was like, oh, there we go. She's throwing it back at me. And she's right. You know, I'm, I see books as a... Um, as a story and educational tool where she just sees it's just another thing. Um, just like I see the stuffed toys. So it was really, really interesting having, having my own stuff thrown back at me um, and, you know, very in, in correct context too. So when we have relationships, um, particularly our partner in our, whether it's a romantic particularly but, or a spouse of some sort, if you're living together and you're managing finances together, it has so many opportunities for conflict, especially when there are conflicting stories because everybody's had different experiences, different childhoods, different perspectives, and we all want to be right. <laughs> and I do, I say this with love because uh, nobody wants to be constantly wrong because it's just not a pleasant way to go about life. So quite often what ends up happening is someone becomes the right and then for that to happen someone else has to be wrong and when it comes to stories there is no right and wrong it's just experiences and perceptions and the filters that we have and what then happens because someone's right someone's wrong we then end up in these stereotypes in these these roles as well and I see it a lot when I, I work with clients and they've got a different set of financial values or stories to their partner and quite often there is a spender and a saver in a relationship. And it's not always the woman who's the spender and the man who's the saver. To be honest, I've noticed the reverse quite a lot. Men will spend a lot on their hobbies and their interests <laughs> as well. And women are often the ones who are worrying about the bills and paying everything and the childcare fees and the school fees and the uniforms and the shoes and this, all of that. So when they spend, it tends to be more often than not, I am stereotyping here, um, on the things that are kind of necessary for the household. So it's, it's not necessarily what you always, what we often are believe, led to believe when it comes to, to the spending and saving stereotypes in a relationship. Um, but it's, it's really interesting then when you, you see the behavior that goes on with that. So the, the saver will see the spender go off and spend and then pull the, the reins in and then the guilt trip kind of comes on the spenders and like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling really like judged and constricted here. So I'm just going to go, I've just got to go spend more um, without even realizing it because, you know, A, because I can, or maybe there's a sense of defiance in there. Who knows what the the, the um, motivation of it is. And that creates more conflict with the saver because the saver's watching, what are you doing? You're doing the opposite of what I want. And it just, it, the tension just magnifies. And it's really, it's very, there's so many other things in this world to to focus on rather than money stress. So I want to go through four different strategies that I found that really helps with 
with it and everyone's situation is different so it's it's not a cookie cutter kind of thing these are concepts and strategies rather than you must do these and these things so but in my experience these are um, and they work for other things including other stories not just money stories as well Um, and they're also just very much relationship dependently um, focused anyhow Um, so the first one I'll just say them the four first and then I'll go into the into the detail but the first one's awareness then is language and communication the cornerstone of most relationships the third is kindness and the fourth fourth is habits so combined together these help get through or under help each other to understand one another so that's where the first one awareness comes into it firstly to recognize that money stories exist um, and that they are a thing and to pay attention to your own first and foremost and then you can start to to pay attention to your partners and often it's in the languaging that we use and how we behave as well so it's it's sort of built into our belief system um and just tuning into it and go okay well what do i think about money what do i believe again i'm in this situation i'm starting to feel a bit uncomfortable why is that and just really start to to delve into into that um and just get comfortable with the uncomfortableness as well um, because it's the only way you're ever going to learn and grow to be honest and then once you've done that for yourself start to tune into your partner and try to help them tune into themselves as well because you each have to have awareness because you can't change what you haven't identified so if you're not aware of it you can't do anything about it so that really is the first step awareness and that's that's the cornerstone of clarity and to me awareness and clarity are are really really important fundamentals that are foundational to almost anything Um, the number two is languaging and communication so the the language we use around money is extremely important the amount of times i hear oh i'm not good with money i'm just not good at saving Um, i can never stick to a budget i wasn't good at maths at school or i've i've done it in the past but just doesn't seem to work anymore like whatever that is ask yourself does it feel good does it feel true and if it does feel true then does it feel good if the answer is no then you need to change it just change the languaging or even just like stop yourself from saying the words you don't even necessarily need to say something that you don't really believe just don't say those other words just don't say anything and because if you you don't hear the words and you're coming out of your mouth and try to sort of push them out of your mind and just move on to another topic like oh the shopping list or dinner just something completely different change your state it's it just starts to to break the pattern of the languaging and the repartee as well. You know, there's this this really horrible generalization that women nag. And so there's this whole thing, you know, men often will tune off. And I notice this sometimes with my husband as well. I think he just tunes off because I'm talking. <laughs> and in his head, he's been trained to think that all women nag. And I absolutely loathe nagging. Um, so I try really hard not to. And I cert- I don't have a list for him to do. Like I've, I have um, a friend who often has a list for her husband. It's like, I don't do that because I just, I, I, I'm not managing him. I don't, it's just, you know, I, I just don't want to go down that path. Um, and it's just something else for me to manage and, or organize. And I just, yeah, no, don't, don't want to do that. Um, so the communication part then becomes really important on um, pulling yourself up. And then also with your partner, if you can kind of help each other, it can get a little annoying. I have to say, so this is really personality dependent, how you do this in terms of keeping each other accountable to the languaging that you're using, because it can get really annoying if every time your partner says, oh, remember what you just, oh, what you, what you just, and in the end, you're like, oh my gosh, just you know, leave me alone, please. 
It's a little bit like um, my when I speak German, it's not a native language for me, and I can I can converse, but it's not always accurate. And and if I you know my my mother will correct me at some point, I'm just like, can you just like stop correcting me for a bit, just so that I don't feel like such a dunce at this. I feel like I can actually communicate. Um, but then at other times, I was like, okay, you can you can correct me again now because I really need to make sure I actually do get better at speaking. So it's it's a balance. Number three is kindness. This is really something that I'm leaning into more and more for everything now is come from a place of kindness because when you when somebody feels like they're being attacked, it's never going to result in anything positive or productive coming out of it. So neither you nor your partner are intentionally trying to sabotage your financial life. Like it's just, and even if there is an appearance of intention there, it's, it's usually because of some other deep rooted mindset or a psychological thing that's going on. So, and I still like to come from the place of, I'm, I'm not seeing the intention as malicious in any way and try and come from a place of kindness, which is often difficult, I realize, um, especially when it's such an emotive, money is an emotive topic and showing kindness when you're worried and you're frustrated can be difficult. So really try and focus on using constructive language, not accusatory type language and pointing out that it's the behavior, not the person that you're talking about, you know, I really, you know, the the spending is is just, you know, we do, we need really need to talk about it. I, I, you know, I want to understand what's what's going on, what's what's sort of behind it. And again, you know, men aren't always the best at wanting to delve into their feelings and stuff like that, or feel like they're being observed or judged. So try and explain that. So look, I'm I'm really not trying to to be judgmental here. I just I want to understand why this is happening and how we can sort of move past it because we can't keep doing this. Otherwise, you know, we're we're going to be constantly in financial distress or we're going to get to the point of financial distress. So coming from that place of genuine love, kindness and understanding is is really important. Um difficult, but important. And then finally habits. I'm a big believer in habits. Anytime something's not working for me, I'm like, okay, I always go back to the habit. I was like, what's what's not working? Why isn't it working? What can I do to put some structure in place to make it work? Um, and that might sound really like nerdy, but it's it's what works for me. I find routine and structure because then if I get things in a rhythm, I can it frees up my mind to focus on things where I actually need to put some creative brain power to it when there's some stuff that could just be done so simply, which is why I'm a big fan of systems, processes and automation, because if I know that stuff's sorted, then I can do other things as well. So, and then I can, I can optimize as well as just let everything else run. So if you look at, have a, have a think about and write down if you want to, what your negative money habits are that you currently have, and then decide what you want to do to change them. Now, keep in mind that you want to be able to help hold yourself accountable or if it's something you're working on with your your spouse or your partner try and keep each other accountable without it becoming competitive like that's you know that's something to try and really kind of just diffuse as well and you've got to do it for at least 60 days for a habit to become more embedded um, and I don't say embedded completely because you know, we can all fall off the wagon a little bit and that's, that's all right. But make sure that even if you do fall off the wagon, you might just need to make some changes and tweaks to the new habit rather than just discarding it all together and going back to your old habits. Try and move forward rather than go one step forward, two steps backwards. The other thing I'd like to, to say as a final thought is you are human. <laughs> no one is perfect and no one should be expecting you to be. 
So you take it one step at a time, be kind to yourself and come from that place of love and knowing that you're working on it. It's a journey and none of this we are taught. We have to figure it out and a lot of it's trial and error and quite often there isn't a one size fits all. The actual pragmatic side of money, there are certain things you can do, but when it comes to mindset, that can be a minefield. (laughs) Um, So be kind with yourself and your partner as well and just work through it step by step and together as much as possible. I hope you found that helpful and um, yeah, let me know if you have any feedback on how things are going for you. Enjoy the rest of your day.